how to be awesome at lots of little things. There are so many topics that people ask me about that I want to get into, but some are just so specific, and there are also just so many topics. So today, we're doing a mashup, one big podcast with lots of awesome hacks for so many different things. We're talking business, fashion, self-care, managing your time, healthy food prep, babies, fitness, parties, parenting, marriage, basically everything. I dug into my DMs and I made a huge list of the things that people are struggling with and trying to figure out, and we're talking through all of it today. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. There are so many things I love about doing this podcast, but probably the two things I love the most are first, researching different topics. Like some topics I've really like learned really well and I've read a lot in the past, so I can kind of just get in here and get in the zone and record it. And then other topics I will research for like a solid week and just like fully consume myself in the topic and then record the podcast. So I love learning new things and kind of being obsessed with each concept as I go. And the other thing I love is this cool community and having great conversations, mostly on direct messages in Instagram. And it's just so interesting hearing people's stories and feedback from podcasts and questions of what people want to hear more of, what people struggle with, what's on their mind. It's just so interesting to me because I think that there's just something so cool about meeting people from all over the world and sharing similar experiences and different experiences and just having these communications that I would never normally have. It's just It's so interesting. It's so cool. So today I am bringing a ton of that to together, to you, to this community, so we can kind of talk about a whole bunch of things. And I literally have so many different things to talk about. This might end up being two Q&A podcasts because I want to talk your ear off for hours and there is so much good stuff in here. And Now listen, as you listen to this, please take note of anything that I talk about that you think we should do a whole podcast on or anything that really sparks you or, you know, kind of leaves you wanting more about that topic. And I would love it if you would send me a DM. My Instagram name is at Lindsay's Cloud, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-S, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D. So send me a message. Let me know from this what you want to hear more of because I would love to kind of do spin-off podcast topics on so many of these because I'm telling you almost every question people send in could be a podcast on its own but since I do three podcasts a week two on this channel and then one for million dollar tan I just I mean if I it'll take me so long to get to all these so I wanted to do a Q&A at least to kind of touch on these so first we are going to get into some kind of self-improvement, self-development, growth type questions. The first one is how to avoid overdoing things as a perfectionist. Now, if you've listened to the majority of these podcast episodes on this channel, you know that I really genuinely believe in speed over perfection. And I think if perfection is always your goal, you're just not going to move quick enough, at least in my life. My, my life, I've learned 
I have tried to fine tune so many things to where they're perfect. Whereas if I would have just put them out when they were good and listen to other people, they were probably perfect, just not to me, but I could get like literally 10 times as much done. So for me, I've just really realized the value in not trying to put a perfect label on something, but just trying to put like a great label on something and move on. And the way I've been okay with that is because I just realized I can just do so many more things. I'd rather do lots of things great than two things perfect. So if you struggle with this, go back and listen to the episode called How to Be Awesome at Speed Over Perfection. And I just think being a perfectionist can really kill your productivity, whether it's in business or in life. If you're aiming for perfect, it's hard to move on to the next thing. How to Be Awesome at Taking Risks. I love this one. And the way I do this is I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. And I just feel like I'd rather be in the arena and fail than not be in the arena at all. I'd rather be juggling 15 balls in the air and know that two or three are going to drop than to be juggling one or two balls and know I'm not going to drop anything. Like, I just think that taking risks and taking on new things and always challenging yourself and growing and learning new things brings so much value to your life and so much growth year after year that for me, by deciding that I'm not going to worry about failing, I'm not going to worry about being judged. I care about more about my opinion of myself than other people's opinion. And I think that's really, to be honest, why most people don't take risks We'll have the ideas and we'll kind of figure out a plan, but the risk of failure, but even more than that, the risk of other people's judgment of our failure is what makes us stop before we even start. So that's how I tackle taking on risks is listen, the alternative is not being in the arena. And what's the fun of that? Lots of questions about how to get out of a rut, how to get out of a funk. This one's complicated. And we all have those days, weeks, months, and depending on what has, you know, caused you to get in a rut, obviously, if it's a big, you know, devastating life event, that's something, you know, something so much bigger and so different. But I think in this aspect, we're just talking about just like a rut, you know, you're just in a funk and it's hard to shake it. For me, I like very practical, tactical advice. So the way I get out of a funk is I just focus on each day. One day at a time, you don't have to know the what the entire staircase looks like to take the first step. And I just think, what is my first 10 I can get in today? I love the concept of getting in your 10s because I think the more things you do each day that make you happy, the quicker you'll get out of a rut. And I think you need to change things up. So maybe that's get outside for a run, um, go eat something you wouldn't normally eat. Change it up so you feel like alive and different and you're experiencing something new. I really like a a change in your physical state. That's why I love freezing cold showers. That's why I like running. I I like a physical change. For me, that's what helps me get out of a rut is like physical change helps me have a mental change. Like forget exercise as far as like, you know, good for you and health and all that. Just, just physically to change your physical state for me, and I think for most people, it changes your mental state. So that's what I would do. I would focus on what it, just stop thinking about the big picture. What's your next 10? Like, what is it going that's going to make you really happy right now? 
So change your physical state, have something that's a 10. So maybe it's like an epic coffee. Maybe it's an epic workout. Um, you have a lunch that you love. Connect with someone that really sets your soul on fire or you know, sit and read for two hours that's uninterrupted or, you know, whatever it is, go walk on the beach, um, listen to a podcast uninterrupted. I just think that focusing on what's your next 10, change things up, get outside, get some fresh air. That's kind of my go-to for getting out of a funk. How to beat the midday slump. I love this one. This one is, I think, really, really I don't know. I think that it's something that a lot of us struggle with and a lot of us uh, lose momentum. So midday slump, I think, happens for a couple reasons. First, I think that if we eat a lunch um, or we're eating things throughout the day that don't like fuel us, I know if I eat like just, and it's all different for different of us, but eat foods that make you feel good, not like a big heavy meal that's going to make you too exhausted. And you know, I'm not like, I'm not all about small, tiny portions. I think you should eat to feel full and happy and fuel your body. But I think focusing on the foods that make you feel good after and not make you feel exhausted. You know how so many people in the corporate world go to lunch and then after that, it's like half production the rest of the day, just because something, you know, going to lunch often like breaks your momentum and then you have this big meal and then you come back and it's like, okay, here we go again. For me... I like to I like to have a, a more relaxing and like a bigger dinner. I don't tend to go to lunch or have like a lengthier lunch because for me, I have so much I want to get done in a day and so many questions people ask about how do you manage the house and the kids and working and your husband and all the different things. And that's one of the things that's really helped me is not taking a big break in the day. I can really kind of keep my momentum and then I feel better. I don't need that break during the day. I'd rather have it at the end of the day. Um, also the midday slump, I love doing like one hour of something, being very intentional about what I'm going to do for that one hour and then take a break. So if I'm doing emails, I will do one straight hour of emails. I try to tell myself like in this hour, this is what I'm going to accomplish. And then I do that straight and then I get up and I take a 10 minute break. So I'll go to the bathroom, I'll get a snack, I'll drink water Now, of course, if you have kids, this is so much easier said than done to sit down and have intentions to do something for an hour. But I'm talking more about like if you do have that time to yourself that's not interrupted by kids, that really helps because I'm very intentional about what I'm doing for the day. And so for this hour, this is what I'm doing. And then I set my, I set my alarm one hour. I'm doing this. Then I get up and I do some, and for 10 minutes, I do something else. So for me, that really helps to take breaks between each thing and be like, you know, aware of the clock. So you're not just like doing emails like forever and ever. This is what I'm going to do for this hour. And then I'm going to move on to something else. It also helps you be more efficient because it's like, listen, I only have one hour to get through my emails. I'm going to jam through it. And I'm not going to, like we talked about not trying to be a perfectionist. I'm not going to spend, you know, three hours on something I could spend one hour on. I'm just going to, I'm going to move quicker. Also, of course, to avoid a midday slump, make sure you sleep enough the night before. Know how much sleep you need because I find that a lot of people feel like they can get more done if they don't sleep. And people ask me all the time, like, you must not sleep very much. I really have prioritized sleep so much more in the last year than I ever have 
because it doesn't help anything if you are exhausted all day and working at 50% production. You're much better off getting that those extra two hours of sleep and then having the energy to keep going through your day. I think that, so good food, fuel your body, keep the momentum going so you don't have that slump. And if you feel like yourself just like dragging, again, I would change my mental state. So I'd get outside, I'd go on a quick walk. I just like change it up. So I feel like re-energized again. Nothing's worse than when you're like dragging or even maybe like half falling asleep trying to do a task and you keep like, oh, and it's just, you're barely even making any headway. Get up, change it up. The next question is really tied into this. How to get motivated when you just aren't motivated that day? Great question. This happens to all of us, totally happens to me. And I think that what you need to do is do what you are motivated to do. Like do what feels good. Take your list and figure out like, I am so not motivated. This is a dragging day, but what can I be motivated to do? What sounds exciting? What with the energy I have, with with, with the day that I have right now, what feels good? So that way you're still being productive. You're still making headway and you don't feel like it's just a wash of a day. I'm a big fan of kind of like doing what you're inspired to do. And listen, there's a lot of things we're never going to be inspired to do, like deep clean the bathroom or, you know, crazy purge our closet. There are so many things that feel exhausting and overwhelming. But what I like to do is have my running list going. So if I ever feel like I'm not caught, I'm just not motivated, I look through my whole list. You got to be motivated to do something and then pick the thing that you're motivated for. And even if it wasn't what you planned to do that day, save it for the next day when, you know, you kind of feel more like yourself and you're back on track again. Oh, this one is a COVID question. If you are listening to this podcast right now, real time, we are still in the quarantine COVID pandemic. How to be awesome at keeping it all going after six months of this, how to keep up the energy and the optimism. That is a really great question. For me, I try to focus on the next best thing. Again, you don't have to know the whole staircase, just take the next best step. I find that I don't get overwhelmed with it because I'm just thinking of what's good for today. We can't plan too much ahead of time anyways these days because you know, everything changes by the week and everything is kind of so uncertain and most people aren't traveling very much. So I just look at today and the next couple days and the next week and just figure out what works the best, like what's going to make me happy and the family happy and keep up our optimism, focus on new things, look at this as a short term thing and think about what we can do instead of what we can't do all the things that we may experience or learn that we wouldn't normally. For example, we've gone to a local farm quite a bit and we would go to that like that farm for the pumpkin patch, but we wouldn't go several times a year and go strawberry picking and tomato picking and things like that. So that's been really cool. We've spent a lot of time on bikes. So my kids can ride bikes so much better than they could have before. And I'm sure we would have just never taken the time in our pre-COVID life to do that. We are also getting outside a lot more and doing hikes and exploring the area that we live. So just really focusing on the things that we can do versus thinking about the things that you can't do because it's so depressing if you think about, you know, movie theaters and theme parks and all these places being closed and, you know, things that we feel like we're missing, events that we do every year that we're missing. And it just, you know, in so many ways feels like the year on pause But I just like to think of it as short term and just focus on, you know what, in this time, let's embrace what we're going to do. Let's 
you know, get yourself to be energized about it and just think there will be an end to it. So like anything, it feel the phase feels longer when you're in it versus when you're outside of it. So I would focus on what your family likes, what you like, what makes you happy during this time and realize there will be an end to it. So let's embrace it and let's do all the different things that we wouldn't normally be doing. Okay, let's get into some business questions. I really want to do more business content on this podcast just because I am an entrepreneur in my soul. I've always loved business and it's my favorite hobby and I just want to do more of it. So I'd love to know what people want to hear about, whether it's starting your own side hustle or maybe a majority of this audience um, works or works from home or runs their own business. I would love to bring as much value as I can um, with everything I've learned owning my own businesses for the last 18 years. So I have my main business, Million Dollar Tan. We sell retail products for at-home use. And then the it's kind of a separate business, Million Dollar Tan Pro, which is where we manufacture and dis- distribute professional spray tanning equipment and tanning solution and products. So businesses or individuals can offer the professional spray tanning business. And then I've also had different businesses throughout the years with beauty bloggers creating different products. I really um, have spent so many years fine-tuning my craft of designing and creating beauty products. It's like the coolest job ever to me. We're going in the lab and working with the chemists and finding raw materials to make um, new products has been really exciting and something that in the next couple of years I want to get into is um, doing some other small businesses and creating some some products not in the sun, sunless tanning world but still in the beauty space and the sunscreen space and create some new products because for me there is nothing more exciting than finding a need and um, fulfilling that need. So f- find, you know, figuring out a concept for a product that I think so many people would benefit from that doesn't currently exist and making that, oh, that is like tens all day for me. That like sets my soul on fire. It makes me so happy. So I will be doing more of that in the next couple of years for sure. And I'd love to share that journey and that process. Someone asked, uh, they said, congratulations on your million dollar tan corsage. Would you ever consider an online course about business in general? I would absolutely love to do this. I really need to kind of wrap my mind around this audience and what kind of businesses. I mean, really, you could do any sort of business. I've done so many different types of businesses, and I've really worked in all types of business between the finances and the business plan and um, working with social media and Google AdWords and YouTube and influencers and all the things. I think I could really put together a really great online course about starting your own business. I just need to figure out what people would really want to learn the most about. Is it starting your own business? Is it taking a business to the next level? Is it specific business strategies? I got to kind of figure that out. So if that's something you would be interested in, please let me know. How to be awesome at job interviews. Ooh, I have the best tips about job interviews because in my 18 years as a business owner, I have done hundreds and hundreds of interviews. And here are my very best tips for if you're interviewing people and if you're being interviewed. First, if you're interviewing people. So if you are the actual person, the business owner or the manager interviewing people, I would ask questions that they do not expect. And I would ask questions that, tells you about their character. I've really learned when hiring people, 
Um, I can hire someone who has exact experience in the position, which saves us a lot of time in training. But what's really more important to me is the, the perspective and the outlook and the attitude and the vibe of the person. I want someone who's going to bring positive energy and be a team player and be up for anything and, you know, have a passion for what they do, want to work hard, always be learning, up for anything, friendly with others, you know, have kindness and empathy and compassion and all those things that make them up as a person is what's going to make them be a great asset to our team and stay with us forever. Anyone I bring on my team, I really want them to build a career and, you know, love the love what they contribute and love everything about it. And of course, things change and and not every position works for everybody forever, but I really go into it with that type of goal. So rather than for so many years, I really think I made the mistake of trying to find people with exact experience for the position I was trying to fill. Now I go for character and all those qualities I mentioned all day. So I ask questions that they wouldn't expect and they couldn't necessarily prepare for. And, you know, just questions that make me have a really good understanding of who they are and how they see the world and how they approach problems and how they work with other people. If you are the person being interviewed, I would do a couple things. I would research like hell about the companies. I would spend a couple hours, if this is a position you want, dig through their website, read it all. If they have a YouTube channel and Instagram, consume as much content as you can. Because if you really dive into it, even if you're nervous going into it, or if you've done all your research, it's going to show. Like within the questions that they ask you, you'll be able to reference, even if you're nervous, even if you're not sure what you're going to mention, just by spending the time having it fresh in your mind all about the company, I feel like so many people are kind of like interview hopping, like interview, like dating, that if someone comes in and they are dedicated and they can, you know, really impress me with the research they've done, I can just tell that they're like a next level candidate because they're willing to put in the time, even though, you know, it could be a total waste of time. This job is not theirs yet, but I really think be all in, do research about who you are interviewing with. If you know, there's so much on LinkedIn and even on Instagram I mean, don't get creepy with it, but get in there and and figure out who you're talking to. You can research and learn so much about the company and the person that you're going to be talking to and really prepare yourself. I mean, I've interviewed so many people that are so nervous and I feel so badly for them, but it's challenging because if they're so nervous that they just can't perform, that I can't get out what I need to know and then it just doesn't work. So I think that by doing your research, you will feel more confident and less nervous and you'll get in there and you will be poised. You'll be confident. You'll be ready for anything. And I think more than anything, have a good outlook, a good vibe. Listen, if you have a chip on your shoulder about your past job or you have negative things to say, leave that at the door, work on yourself before you get in there because no employer likes for you to come in and talk badly about the place you used to work for, even if it's totally justified, we all think, huh, so if they left, if they left us, they'd go to someone else and, you know, say all the negative things about working with us. And and that's never what a business owner wants to hear. So even if your last position was not ideal, keep it short and sweet and definitely don't drag them through the mud because we all think, huh, they would do that same thing to me. So be positive. Um, Also, when you are interviewing, tell them 
everything about the value you will bring. Think about them more than thinking about yourself. Think about the value you will bring to the company and to the team. It's very interesting to me how people go into job interviews, and I get it, but they're more like kind of almost interviewing me, like what's in it for me. And what I think you should do is go in there with the game plan of, listen, sell that person that you're interviewing, sell what's in it for them, why you're so awesome. And then all that other stuff can come afterwards, you know, wait till they want to offer you the position and then get into the questions and make sure it's a good deal for them. But you're never even going to get to that step two. If you go into the interview thinking about like, hey, what's in it for me? And I've got these questions and you know, don't ask me. I mean, of course, you're allowed to ask about vacation time and bonuses and perks and all that kind of thing, but not not at the beginning. All that stuff can come. First, you have to, you know, sell me on your vibe and your energy and your experience and your passion and your dedication and your teamwork and all that stuff before we can get into anything. So go in there thinking about, I'm going to tell them why I can bring the most value to this company, end of story, and I think you'll kill it. Next question about this is business, the work-life balance, working from home with kids. This is so funny. I just posted something the other day on Instagram with my latest thoughts on working from home with kids. And I always joke that this is the podcast topic I will never do because I just don't think there really is a work-life balance. And I certainly haven't figured it out. At different points of my life, my job has looked different. And now with three kids and um, one little one, It just doesn't work for me before when I just had the girls, I would drop them off at school. I'd go to work. I'd work all day. I'd work like hell. I mean, no lunch break, barely a bathroom break. So that way I could get like a full day. Like, I mean, you know, like a 10 hour day basically in the, you know, six hours that they were at school. And then I would work really efficiently, speed over perfection. I'd, um, I leave and then I tried to be completely present with them for the rest of the day. And that really worked at that phase of life. But it's all ages and stages. And now that I have a little one again, I just, and I know this is my last baby. So I just don't want to have him with the babysitter why I go to work. So working, my team is always in the office and I meet my team and we'll do strategy sessions or we'll do Zoom sessions. But then I work primarily from home. And it's interesting. I mean, it's challenging. It's frustrating. It's often very, very difficult mentally to like go to sleep knowing that I barely, I barely crawled towards my goals. I barely knocked anything off my to-do list. But for me, it's just like such a, for me at this phase of life, it's the perfect trade-off because I'm with my kids all day. And now they're a little bit older so they can play with each other and I can get some work done. And then, you know, I can really kind of strategize when the kids are at activities or the baby's napping or whatever to really try to get those hours in. And then again, when I do have that uninterrupted work time, it's speed over perfection. I don't spend 30 minutes figuring out what it is I need to do. I have my list. I have my priorities for the day. I already know. So I'm like, all right, here I am, close the door, quiet room, and I attack it. I think also, if you are really trying to juggle this, one of the best things I've learned is to try to fight off the distractions. So put your phone on airplane mode if you can, or at least set it aside and just don't let those distractions happen. Do not even think about touching Instagram or, you know, your text messages. You can do that later, you know, while the kids are, you know, 
having, you know, eating a snack or, you know, getting ready for bed, whatever. In those transition times when you have a couple minutes, it's not going to take away from family time. Do that kind of stuff. Do social media, whatever catch up you need to do or text message. But when you finally have that dedicated work time, for me, you just have to make the most of it and you can't let yourself get distracted. Okay, so let's get on to fashion and beauty. Um, I love your podcast. Can you do more different hairdos and styles? That's so sweet. I will definitely step up my Instagram story game as far as different styles. I have the most fabulous stylist, Corey, that comes to my house and she does fun braids and twists and all these different things. So I'll make sure I kind of post some more fun stuff and stuff that I do on my own or kind of ideas if you go and get your hair done. I feel like I... Um, always have her do some sort of fun style. So if your stylist can do um, braids or just some little different thing, a lot of times it only takes five extra minutes and then your hair is fun and different for the whole day. So that's definitely one hack. I always have her do some sort of little style that I can't do normally on my own, whether it's like a half up little bun or some sort of little twist or kind of pull up all the length into a little like back loose, like messy bun um, yeah, she loves doing braids and depending on what kind of extensions I have in right now, I've just been doing clip-ins, which makes it so much easier because you can completely adjust them. It's a little trickier when you have like tape-ins or sew-ins because then you have to work around the extensions and braids can be challenging, but I love different styles. So when you get your hair done, have your stylist, um, as they finish you up, do some sort of fun little style, but you have to go in with an inspiration picture because, you know, it's just hard if you just say, just do something, you know, oftentimes the planning of it, I think is the, what takes the longest. So go in with a picture or two of what you want and then have a fun style. Like when you're going to get your hair trimmed or you're going to get it colored, leave with a little fun do. I think it just makes it extra fun. Um, smoky eye tutorial. I will definitely do this. The problem is I get ready so early in the morning <laughs> that I never record. I love a smoky eye. I love, love, love a smoky eye all day, every day, even if I'm home by myself and going nowhere. Um, but I never record it just because first of all, I think I'll feel like a wannabe beauty blogger because there are so many people that have way better skills than I do, but I have figured out how to do it in like 10 minutes every day. So I will do a smoky eye tutorial because I love a smoky eye. I definitely want to do a podcast on outfit planning and, um, you know, like planning your outfits so that you feel good every day and you don't just end up wearing something in a hurry. I really try to focus on doing this more in the last year and it just makes me feel good during the day. But I think you really have to do this ahead of time because we all have busy lives and a lot of times you just you just get to your closet and you grab the first thing you see and then you're kind of like, oh, I have this new thing I haven't worn or, you know, you'll get halfway through your day and you'll look in the mirror and you're like, oh man, I look like hell. Or you end up maybe you're, you know, running errands and you end up going to like an early dinner and you're like, shoot, I hate my outfit. I just think that why keep our clothes that we love hidden in the dark closet, wear them. Sometimes I will be wildly overdressed on a random Monday and I love it because like, listen, that dress would have just sat in the closet all day in the dark by herself anyways, put it on. Like, I just think why not? So outfit planning is um, really interesting to me. I mean, it sounds maybe kind of silly, but I think that the more you take the time ahead of time to plan out outfits that you like, And maybe if you follow certain beauty bloggers and how they put together different outfits, like 
take things that you have, or maybe you buy one new piece to put it together and then lay it out on hangers. And maybe you have no idea when you're going to wear it, but I've just found that if I kind of style outfits, whenever I'll have like 30 minutes of downtime, or maybe the kids go to sleep and I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for bed yet. I'll just like style three or four outfits. They could be more daytime outfits or nighttime outfits, but I find that that helps me get ready so much faster and feel put together. Um, I definitely want to do a whole podcast on how to pull yourself together every day, even quick style. I did a podcast months ago, like early in the year, about how to get ready every day, right? So we don't just kind of get in the slump, especially if you're listening to this real time during COVID, you know, how to still like, you know, pick yourself up. But a lot of us don't have the time or want to spend a full hour getting ready. So I have lots of hacks and things you can kind of do ahead of time to get ready in like 20 minutes every day, but look good and feel good. And part of that is outfit planning. And sometimes it's either one or like one or the other. I feel like even if my hair and makeup, even if I have to do a real quick version, if I've put together an outfit, I still look put together because my outfit is, you know, kind of more, more matchy matchy and more styled or kind of the other way. Sometimes I will, um, you know, have maybe a conference call and so I'll have my headphones in. So I actually take more time in the bathroom because I'm talking on the conference call and kind of just, you know, killing time for lack of a better term. And so then my hair and my makeup will be more full out because I was spending more time in the bathroom. And so then even if I put on, you know, jeans and a white t-shirt and cute flats, I still look really put together because my hair and makeup are a little bit more done. So it doesn't have to be both. It can kind of be a little bit more of one or a little bit more of the other, but I found um, lots of hacks for pulling myself together and planning outfits ahead of time are a big part of that. How to be awesome at the Nordstrom sale. This is a great question. And you know what? I did not do anything on the Nordstrom sale this year as far as posting. And I don't even, I maybe bought one or two things from the Nordstrom sale. It just didn't feel great to me this year. And I'll tell you why. The Nordstrom sale to me feels a lot like binge buying and like kind of we're just buying a bunch of different things because it's, you know, $10 off this and $15 off this. But like, do we really need it? I mean, I love a good deal. But for me, the Nordstrom sale used to kind of be like really, I don't know, kind of unique special things. And like a lot of times now it's the same thing year after year. It's the same black leggings and the same jean jacket. And listen, there are some great staples in there. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel as special. And with everything that's going on in the world and, you know, trying to be aware of everything, I just didn't feel like binge shopping, to be honest with you. And usually that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like a full on binge shop. And I'm kind of like shopping for things I don't even know that I need. I'm just shopping because it's a good deal. So I didn't think there were, to be honest, there were that many great finds. I did not want to binge shop and I just wasn't so into it. I'm sure I'll pick it back up again next year. And I'm sure after COVID they'll have more unique things and things that I think are really kind of worth posting about. But sorry if you were hoping for that, but that's why I didn't do anything on the Nordstrom sale this year. Tell me all of your favorite self-care from top to bottom, cost and frequency and favorite treatments. Ooh, this is a very good one. Um, And one that I think could definitely have an entire podcast on. So I think self-care is so important. And in the last couple of years, I really realized that I'd rather spend time and money on self-care than even a new outfit or even like a fancy dinner, just because it makes me feel good like mentally and physically. I feel like it makes me look better. It makes me more rested. So the two things, the two professional self-care things that I love are 
a professional massage and a professional facial. And I try to do two of each per month. So two facials and two massages per month. It just makes me feel centered and refreshed and not like, you know, as as adults, whether you, you know, whether you're working or whether you're managing a house or kids or relationship, whatever it is, a lot of times we feel like we're constantly living for everything else and serving everybody else. But for me, this has really helped me like feel like I'm doing something for my own self. So you're not just existing to, you know, keep everybody else going. But I th- I used to think of it as just like too much of a splurge. But what I did is I just found really reasonable ones. So my massage is $100 an hour and my facial is $100 an hour. So sometimes I'll do one of each a month. I'll get one facial a month and one massage a month. And I feel so rejuvenated. That's probably more like realistic that happens. But then depending on whatever else is going on, sometimes I'll get two a month and that's like the best. And I feel like it um, it helps me kind of like age gracefully in a way because it just helps mentally take a moment of clarity and, you know, almost like in a meditative kind of way, turn on spa music and just relax. I feel like it helps me look better, especially the facial. Um, the type of massage I get is like a Thai massage. So there's lots of stretching um, involved. And so that makes me feel more limber and, you know, it helps me feel like I'm aging gracefully just by stretching everything out and being flexible. I really like, so those are the two I'm going to do a million dollar tan podcast just because that's more of like the full beauty space, all about self-care and taking the time for self-care and more about treatments and and all that kind of stuff. But those would be my two go-tos and find someone that you love that you can go to that is affordable so that you don't feel guilty doing it. You feel like this is worth it. I love it. This makes me feel so good and, you know, make a commitment to do it on the regular. So that way, um, you know, it's not just like a one-off thing, but I'm telling you it is for me, it is so worth the money and it's so worth the time. And it just makes me feel so centered and so good. And going back to getting out of a funk or getting out of a rut, something like this can really make you feel so good because it's just like you took time for just you. You prioritized yourself and self-care. And sometimes that hour is all you need for that mental clarity. And you come out of it like, wow, like I just feel so good. Okay, on to the next thing. I'm ready for this. Okay. Um, oh my gosh, this podcast is already getting so long. We are definitely going to have to do another part to this, but I definitely want to go through a couple more topics before we sign off for today. Parties and events. I absolutely love, love, love party planning. And I don't think I've mentioned this ever anywhere, but I am writing an online course right now all about how to be awesome at throwing kids parties. I absolutely love celebrating birthdays. I love kids parties. And this is one of those things that I feel like I've learned so much over the years that I wish I would have learned. So this course is taking me a very long time to write because I want it to be awesome. I mean, there are checklists and how to's and don't forget how to get the right photos, everything from cakes and backdrops. And if you want to do a photo booth, how to keep kids entertained, adults entertained, what to spend money on, what to skip, um, how to do parties on a budget, how to do more extravagant parties, custom signs, party favors, dessert tables, 
all the things. I mean, there are so many topics packed in here and the download section has really great checklists. And I mean, basically everything you need. Like when my kids were little, um, I really was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I do a kid's birthday? And I feel like I could have saved myself so much time and so much money. And I just have a really good process down now for how I look for inspiration photos, how I pick a theme, how I pick a location in a day and a time invitations, whether they're live and in person or whether they're more of an evite paperless post style, all the different details along the way. I love it. And I feel like it's one of the things that I've become the best at. And so I'm so excited to share it. So I'm in the process of writing that, how to be awesome at throwing kids birthday parties. And um, I just can't wait for it. Like I said, this is one of those things though, that, you know, talking about speed over perfection, I am not taking my own advice. Not like I'm just, you know, sitting there tweaking things to where they're perfect, but I just want to bring so much value. And it's such like a big topic and there's so many different themes I want to touch touch on and there's so many different tips and hacks and things I want to make sure that I mention that it's just a huge project but I'm hoping that that will be out by the end of the year that'll be out by the end of the year I got this that will be out by the end of the year and we're going to just like cover everything that you could ever need on throwing kids parties but talking about other events and other parties how to, I would like to hear more about how to throw and host parties. Love your take on parties. Um, that's so sweet. I want to do more Instagram story stuff too about different kind of party prep and finding inspiration and making it of your own and food boards and, you know, having people over and having little themes. There's just so many things we can do with hosting different things, especially as, you know, we get into socializing with people again and having people over. I think hosting people at your house can be so special and you can do small little things that aren't very expensive and don't require a ton of time or money, but are just little creative things with little chalkboards. And maybe you do like a full cheese board and a fruit board and then make your own s'mores board or all the different things that we can do that just make a small event, just like a little bit more special and memorable. Um, how to be awesome at weddings. Oh my gosh, that's such a big topic. And I think that something I definitely need to tackle soon is wedding planning and wedding prep. I, I got married a very long time ago. And thankfully there isn't anything that I regret about our wedding. We got married in Cabo and it ended up great. I mean, we, the place that we love now, Las Ventanas, is one hotel over from where we got married. So the hotel that we got married at was kind of a small boutique hotel because we wanted to rent out the whole place and have lots of freedoms, you know, like you couldn't do that at, at a big resort. But it's literally the whole hotel right next to Las Ventanas in Cabo, which is our favorite hotel ever. And so all the time I'm like walking or running in the morning up and down on the sand, on the sand right where we got married. So it was so special to me. So I'd love to share more about about how to be awesome at weddings. I wonder if enough people would be interested in a full episode on that, but maybe it'll be like a little bonus episode that would be really fun to do. I just love a celebration and I just think I've learned so much. I mean, listen, a lot of errors and a lot of wasted money. Learn from my mistakes about throwing parties and events, what's worth spending the money on and what's not, how I plan. Like I'll make one huge plan, every idea, and then I work backwards. Okay, what's essential? What should we cut? I get prices on everything. Okay, that's worth it. That's not. And then, you know, start huge and get all your ideas and then funnel it down. And then you'll create just like the most awesome celebration, whether it's a big scale or whether it's a small scale. Um, it's just, I just think that that's like one of the best ways to plan and 
throw events. And, you know, for me, I think that it can be for so many people, I think it can be overwhelming to do. And it just feels like, oh, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather not, or I'd rather skip it just because the whole process seems overwhelming. But I think if you break it down, if you make it fun, especially when throwing a party for your kids, if you involve them, at least in, in the process of picking a theme and picking the activities, it can be such a fun thing to do with your kids. And I just love that. I just think the pro you have to make it so the process is as much fun as the actual party. Because to be honest, the party goes fast, whether it's a two, three or four hour party for kids. I mean, probably it's somewhere in the middle there, like three hours that goes fast. So the process can't be miserable. You have to love the process enough to where it's fun to do. And then I'm going to, I'm going to teach you for sure in this course, how to like, once the party happens, you are not the person cleaning up the plates and micromanaging the vendors and being, no, no, no. We are going to have someone handle that. We're going to have all the details written out. You're going to have a manifesto. So the minute that party starts, you are having fun. You're spending time with your family and the birthday boy or girl, and you're just like, you're enjoying it. So that way, when the party ends, you don't have that party let down that I've had so many times and I'm going to teach you how to get over that. But really this is the main topic. The main point of how to not have that is enjoy the process and have everything planned so nicely that you enjoy every minute of the party and you're not working the party that you have planned ahead of time. So everything works smoothly and you have um, a helper, which can be inexpensive and easy so that someone else is worrying about those little things that are going wrong. You're not, you know, Thank you so much for listening to part one of this Q&A podcast. There is definitely going to be another Q&A podcast very soon because we have so many other things to get into like kids and sleep training and, you know, healthy eating, picky eaters, um, how to feed your toddler. How about talking about like screen pad and iPad time? When I say screen time and iPad time. Um, we're going to talk about a lot about health and fitness and food prep and parenting and relationships, marriage, so many other things to get into. So let me know what topics I talked about today that you would like to hear a full podcast on. I would love to do it and, um, you know, keep sending things my way, keep sending me DMS with your stories. I would love to learn and keep doing research and bringing, you know, new topics to this community that I think are really important and valuable. And I think that we should all um, spend time focusing on. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Go out and be awesome today. Thanks for listening to the how to be awesome at everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.